The battle of Britain is about to begin. Welcome back to the Leap Sheet Podcast. Tonight, I'm all out of gas. Not petrol, G-A-S. Give a shit. So we're going to skip the sarcastic and humorous intros, and we're going to dive right in to tonight's episode, which might be about great dive. So was that a joke? Yeah, let's not worry about that. Let's just dive in. All right. First, we want to talk about flight schedule upcoming events. Uh, By the time this episode drops, it'll be after Siege of Vicksburg. So if you didn't go to the Siege of Vicksburg, you missed out. You missed out on the second annual Steve Toth Memorial Blood Red Skies Tournament. I don't know how many of us are going to be there, but we're going to have fun. (laughs) So uh, coming up after that, November 3rd through the 5th, Lancaster, PA, fall in. Uh, If you aren't there, you're a loser. That's okay. You didn't want to hang out with us and freeze your nards off in Pennsylvania. Don't ask us why we're coming to see Steve in winter, but we are. So uh, 3rd through the 5th, come on out, hang out with us at fall in, have a good time. We'll have a booth there in the vendor area. Uh, so we can stream and do some cool things there. And then we're going to hang out in the evenings uh, and just generally have a good time. Uh, anything you two freaks, Brett or Steve, want to say about fall in? It can't be worse than Chicago in late spring, late March, right? I mean, it's kind of this, right? I don't know. Like I don't yet. visit that part of the world in winter. <laughs> it could be, I guess, but it's not like it'll be not fun. Likely. And I'm excited for it because it's like, you know, it's an event that we could just kind of chill out with people. We're not running a whole bunch of stuff. So, yeah, we've got two demos going, one for missile threat, one for some uh, some jet stuff for Blood Red Skies Wing Commander. So super laid back schedule. Come out, have fun uh, and hang out with us. It should be a really good time. All right. So what else has dropped recently? We're not going to talk about it this episode, but just this week. A new FAQ and errata dropped. So there's been some changes in there. There's a few things that are reshuffled or reworded. Uh, we're not talking about it this episode. We're talking about great dives. So get on board for the big win. We'll talk about the FAQ next episode, and we'll break it apart and talk about each of those individual elements. And thank goodness they put out an errata for my scenario in, in the uh, Wing Commander book thank god i no longer feel embarrassed to tell people there's a scenario from lead pursuit in there because there's actually now an errata for it so anyway let's hop into the topic of great dive so brett you're our duty expert on great dive and on this trait uh we're gonna ask you even though you normally don't play those terrible american airplanes that always get stuck with great dive you don't normally play them Talk us through Great Dive and talk us through uh, why we're going to talk about it tonight. Well, a couple of reasons. I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about traits from time to time and just kind of, you know, oh my gosh, I actually said it without meaning a pun. I was going to say do a deep dive on the traits. Anyway, um, they deserve, you know, some exploration. And I like Great Dive because I really like BF 109s and they almost all have great dive, great climb. So there'll probably be a great climb episode that comes at some point. Too. Anyway, didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Uh, I think great dive deserves some attention too, because I think it's a bit overshadowed by things like tight turn and great climb. And, um, I know in my own experience, I've probably not used great dive to its fullest extent. So we'll talk a little bit about that and like where you see, Great dive, what the heck it is, maybe some permutations that might come out of it with some, you know, rules discussions and um, some planes that have it and some maybe some combos and stuff we can do. So that's that's what it's all about. Okay. So what does great dive do? How does it currently, not some of the proposed changes, 
but how does it currently interact in the game as a trait on the airplane? All right, I got the card right here. Great dive. It says, the plane's heavy engine and low drag airframe meant it could dive faster. For play, it says, on a plane with this trait, burning advantage to dive. Do add the plane's maximum move instead of six when burning advantage to dive. It's a discard. All right. So, so yeah, we'll talk in a bit about how it might change, but right off the bat in the game, it gives you a chance to, instead of doing a six inch dive, do a dive of whatever your maximum move is. So sevens become a total of 14 nines become a total of 18 quick math in public there. Uh, so it gives you an ability to really get across the board, especially if you're playing 36, a three by three board, like some of the initial games uh, were played in. Uh, and even on a four by four, I mean, you think most of these scenarios tell you to start 18 inches or more away from an enemy formation, an enemy element. Uh, so that's going to give the average great dive aircraft an immediate ability to get right inside uh, gun range. Yeah. One, one point about it too is, you know, if your aircraft is not super fast, right you don't really see a great advantage, but I can tell you that once you start getting like speed seven and certainly speed eight, you, that even though it seems like a little bit, it, it definitely feels meaningful on the table. That's been my experience. Well, I think people also sometimes uh, forget that the second purpose, which we'll talk about a little bit later of the great dive card is to pair with a doctrine. And so even if you're only getting the same amount of dive and you're playing great dive, you may be playing that great dive to reset your doctrine between multiple aircraft. So there's times that you may be a six inch aircraft with great dive, not a big deal because you're, you're pairing that to do something, something else in there. Okay. So that's, that's right. Let, let's talk a little bit about the other proposed answers. So there were, a couple different ways people have said the, that we might think about changing up Great Dive, either in version two of the game uh, or in a, a future uh, errata. Well, there's been some discussion that maybe because of what I just described, that not all planes really get a Great Dive effect if their speed is not greater than six, right? Because it's at six. Right. If you're already speed six, your max isn't any different than any other plane's dive, right? So how great is that? I mean, you still... so. Even if not, even if that's the case, like you still, like you just mentioned, and we'll get into a little bit more, you still get the bonus card play for at least five different doctrine cards that use great dive as a bonus. But, you know, some people have some feel badsies probably because, you know, if you're flying speed six, you're like, man, my plane dives, but my great dive's not so great, is it? So there's been some discussion about maybe making great dive a straight plus nine for instead of your max speed. So even if you're a slower aircraft and right. you know, you get a, that'd be a pretty substantial dive if you had that trait and it changed to a straight nine. There's another discussion, another thing I, that presumably is being play tested since back in like late September uh, to do. Um, oh, let's see. I have it written down right here to do the normal add six, but then also add the pilot skill. Right. Right. And so there's been a lot of discussion. There was some discussion back in September on the ready room. A lot of people chimed in, you know, and some people, some folks feel like, yeah, I like, I like the pilot skill thing because it just means, you know, you've got a more skilled pilot who can get the most out of his aircraft, you know, and it's, you know, the way he flies it. And then other folks maybe chimed in and suggested, well, it's, it's really about the aircraft that has that, not the pilot. So you have two, I don't want to say two camps because I don't want to suggest that it's that contentious of a thing, but there's some different potential ways to go. I'm not really sure which, I think at first I thought I liked the straight plus nine first, but the more I think about it, I'm not so sure. I, I think both have merits. So Steve, what are, uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the two options out there? I understand for the simplicity of the straight plus nine because blood red skies is certainly like it's a simpler game right unless you're playing twin engine and then you need like a, a doctorate to figure it out but blood red skies excuse, is a simple game me. i have so an I... undergraduate degree and i've figured out multi-engine <laughs> i think i have maybe not 
but uh, so I understand the simplicity, but I've really liked the idea of the pilot skill for a couple of reasons. One, I think there's a real legitimacy there that a better pilot has the ability to get more out of their plane or even not more out of the plane. I would say like they have more guts to push the plane closer to that, you know, uh, edge of the envelope. And the other thing I think that the pilot speed thing does is for tournament play, uh, there's not really a lot of penalty to taking low skill pilots just to get more planes, right? Where I feel like if you started to add some more advantages to the higher skilled planes, it would make those swarm lists a little less enticing, right? So that, that I would definitely favor the the pilot skill version of it. And I don't think it really adds that much complexity anyway, right? I think it's so no, pretty I, easy. I don't think it adds complexity, but it, it takes Blood Red Skies in a turn that I think a lot of people have argued over. And that turn is what is the impact of your pilot skill on the performance of the airplane? Because normally it's your pilot skill in relation to something else. I mean, normally it's saying, okay, I'm going to take the pilot skill for an outmaneuver. Or it's a pilot skill to make make a maneuver check that I'm being forced to make. So your, your, your skill kind of works in there. In other ways, it's very obvious, but it's not for a trade. It's like, obviously, if I'm shooting, I'm using my pilot skill unless I'm a multi-engine turret guy. Um, but... But this would mean that this would be the first trait that your your relative success would be based on your pilot skill. And that's that's a big change, I think, for Blood Red Skies, um, because. Yeah, it is a big change. And I feel like it, it would kind of open that can of worms. And oh, well, then do we have like a super tight turn where if you're a pilot skill four, right. you could turn an extra <laughs> whatever degrees. Or do we have a super great or, you know, what is it? A uh, rapid roll where, oh, you know, so I, I could see where people would, would argue that, you know, like, oh, well, now we're kind of making. Yeah, I mean, certainly it, it would open kind of that that pathway to an argument. Well, right? and, and I think it would open up one of the things I've always felt frustrated with. And it'll be a topic of another episode is how great climb is implemented because great climb isn't about you you know and so it's it's even though you've got the most um power it's really kind of about how the other airplane reacts to that so um i i think it would be an interesting shift in mindset i don't know which one i like better i'll be honest um i kind of lean towards the first one just because it's a blanket effect but to me, I really like the fact that great dive airplanes maneuver differently based on how innately fast they are. So I kind of like it the way it is. I, I really, in a sense, don't want to change it, but I understand the limitations of it because it doesn't apply very well when you have a less than six speed aircraft. So we'll see what Andy does. Yeah, I think that's the probably the root of the whole conversation, like how it even came up. And then once that started getting explored, then, you know, this whole thing about pilot skill probably came into the equation. I mean, you know, it's all good. At least we're talking about it and thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and and if you don't expect a game to change or evolve over time, then um, you can go play your first edition 40k Rogue Trader, play some Old Hammer, uh, or go play your first edition Dungeons and Dragons. Because uh, guess what, games evolve over time, <laughs> and rules change. Okay, so Brett, you've thrown us a list of aircraft that are some pretty popular ones that have great dive. Run us through some of those. All right, no particular order. I just kind of went to the master list and hunted for great dive. So starting with the Germans, we've got the BF109D, right? So kind of a kind of jumped out at me. It's a single trade aircraft. Check that out. Right. We'll come back to that because it's super cheap, right? Uh, also, of course, the E, the F, and the G. You've got the BF110C and G. You've got the Folkwolf 190D, which gosh looks so nice, but so expensive. The ME210 Alpha 1, the ME410, then for the uh, for the RAF, you've got the Typhoon 1B, Spitfire 5 LF, the Tempest 5. Uh, for the U.S., practically every aircraft has great dive. We joke about that, right? As we alluded to, it's the American <laughs> trait, apparently. So That's right, all the heavy aircraft. So yeah, P40B, D, E, N, P51A, B, and D, P38J, and L. P forty seven C and D, and the F four U one and five. Uh, Japanese have a couple great dive aircraft. Got the KI forty four, the KI sixty one. Notably, is also single trait great dive. It's uh, you know, we've talked about that in some of our other 
discussions uh, how Steve, you know, really likes aircraft with, with single trait. You know, you think about it, you just have so many cards. You could really lean into that particular trait. So, you know, there's a couple aircraft out there that have this as well. Great dive. Oh, so you got the KI-61, 1A and 1L. The Russians have the, or forgive me, the Soviet Union, right? Has the MiG-3 and the PE-3. And then what is it? France with the MB-152. I think it's super cheap too. So, um, yeah, that's what I got. That's, that might be a pretty complete list. If you just going through the master list of all the aircraft that actually have great dive, I don't, Yeah, that might be all of them there. It's pretty, pretty exhaustive. I might come list. back and like point out some that kind of got my attention later, but, uh, there's a, if you want to explore a great dive, many factions and lots of different aircraft have it. Nice. Okay. So let's then talk about, we've talked about the card itself talked about the pure mechanics of it and the airplanes that have it. And so a lot of these are faster airplanes. So that, that makes sense. Uh, we talked earlier about pairing it with a doctrine. So as is standard doctrine cards have a trait they're paired with as a bonus. Uh, those then allow you to play the doctrine card, burn the bonus card and put the doctrine card back in your hand as an active card. Uh, what are some of those doctrines that uh, that kind of pair well, in your opinion, uh, with uh, with great dives? Okay, well, let me. You know, one of the things I notice, and you know, my, part of the, maybe part of the learning curve too is when you're thinking about great dive, you might often think of it as a way to get away from trouble, right? To dive away from trouble, trouble with that, you know, right. burn advantage and get really far away. Maybe, maybe the most obvious situation where you think that might be useful would be if you're trying to get away from, you know, somebody shooting at you, right? right. That might be obvious, but besides a more clearly defensive way to use great dive, there are also some offensive ways to put great dive to good use. And the doctrine cards sort of reflect that. So I'll start with the defensive ones. You've got dive away. Oh, and let me make one more comment about doctrine cards so that might be kind of like next level in your blood red skies like list building or whatever is actually adding doctrine cards intentionally that bonus with your aircraft traits right right because you get the advantage of being able to um, you know continue to use perhaps the more powerful doctrine cards uh you could burn your trait card to keep it on in your hand so well and and remember for uh, for a standard narrative game, as your number of aircraft go up, so does your number of doctrine cards. Tournament play with U.S. tournament rules, it doesn't. You still get, uh, for that group of maximum of eight aircraft, you still get uh, one doctrine card. But were you playing a narrative game at eight aircraft, you'd actually get two doctrines. So that gives right. you uh, some cool possibilities there to, to pick an offensive and a defensive. Uh, maybe pick two offensive if you're Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to punch people in the face, uh, but uh, but it gives you some options there as well uh, in these in the more narrative games. Well, the first doctrine card that bonuses with great dive that I would consider a defensive one is dive away. I'll just read the little narrative on the card. I'll just read it all straight from the card. It says, "Air forces with a dive advantage learn to use it to escape sticky situations." Bonus, great dive. Play on a disadvantaged, friendly plane during its activation. Do. The plane may burn advantage to make a dive move even though it is disadvantaged, and you can use a pilot test to keep it, or of course, your great your great dive card as the bonus. So you can keep that in play by either one of those. Oh, here's a question for you. So when you guys are playing, if you uh, use a doctrine card that you have a bonus card for, could you, is it either or? I would guess, I think I think when Steve and I play, we don't, it's not like I would roll a pilot test and if I fail, then use the great dive card to keep it in play. It's it, You would use one method or the other to try to retain the card, right? How would you do it? That's how I do it, Steve. I, I, I would have to go look to see how it's written, uh, but I'm, pretty sure it's an either or thing but I, I don't know that it's actually specified that way 
Yeah, I've always done it as an either or, but now I kind of am like, man, wouldn't that be cool if you could roll the pilot Just test? Pilot and if test you fail first. the pilot yeah. test, I'm I'm gonna look while while you know Brett continues to wax philosophical. This might about be these things. one of those uh, rules as written versus rules as intended things. Rules lawyer showing up right now, right? <laughs> Apparently, I'm like, really? Come on. Now we'll come back to that. All right. So the second one that I would consider a defensive use of the you know, a doctrine for defensive use of great dive is low altitude performance. It says air forces with poor altitude performance concentrated their tactics on fighting closer to the ground. Bonus, great dive or rapid roll. Play on a disadvantaged friendly plane at the beginning of its activation. The plane and do it says the plane becomes neutral and you keep it with a pilot test or of course your your Great dive bonus card. So maybe we should talk a little bit about how the heck you play these. I, I just read the cards, but didn't really describe how to play either one. Uh, so with dive away, uh, just to kind of revisit that one, if your aircraft is disadvantaged, you can dive even though it's disadvantaged, right? That's pretty cool because normally you have to burn advantage to do the dive, right? So that's just kind of a nice way to get out of dodge, even if you would otherwise maybe be in a situation where you're going to be shot down or being threatened, being shot down, or you just need to get somewhere in the board where you'd rather be so that you can then climb. Uh, but you otherwise wouldn't have a way to do it with this card. You can do that thing. Yes, sir. Okay. So I'm going to read straight out of page 15, uh, doctrine and bonus cards from the airstrike rules. Uh, it says, to represent this, most Doctrine cards list a bonus card in the form of an aircraft trait card. When a Doctrine card is played, a bonus trait card of the kind specified can also be played on the same aircraft. Can also be played. Both cards take full effect. Okay, we know that. If applicable. And the player only discards the trait card afterwards. Retain the Doctrine card in their hand to potentially use again. And here's the, the key information. Note that no retention test is made in this case. The trait card is always discarded and the doctrine card is always retained. So you cannot do both. There is no retention test when you do that. Now, someone could say, no, there's no retention test when you play it, but could there be a retention test before? Then I say, you're really, really rules lawyering this. Um, <laughs> right. But, <laughs> but the key is that, that you don't have the retention test, as it says, that they're you know, they can be returned um, to the player's hand after the activation is over uh, if you if you uh, make your test. So. Sure. Well, that's a, it's a, it may be obvious, but a good thing to revisit since we're talking about bonus card play. Right, right. So what do you, what do you guys think about Dive Away? That's the only reason I would ever play an aircraft with great, uh, with great dive. Other than that, I, would never ever play it but that dive away i've seen it work like so many times in that instance uh specifically against brett when i've like had him dead to rights and i'm like oh yeah this next turn is gonna be like this next turn is gonna be often awesome you know and he's like dive away he's out and then he plays that bonus card and then his next plane he's like dive away he's out you know so i've just uh i've had that card played against me too many times uh that i that i'm really really fond of that card yeah, especially if you've got a speed seven aircraft or faster. I mean, that really gets out of dodge with that play. And, uh, you know, it might be part of where folks with slower planes would be like, see, I, that doesn't really matter for me, even, but, you know, this. Uh, yeah. And what really even, stinks about it, too, right, is not only can they dive away, but it gives them basically. So. I, I hate cards that are like, okay, I did everything right. I got into the position where I can kill somebody. And now it's been like totally taken out of my hands. Right. So that dive away card is like, man, I not only does he get to dive away, but it's not like a crazy bonus where he doesn't get to do anything else. It's using his full turn. So like he can dive away and then go back up to neutral. So then if I had a plane that was going to be potentially like diving to shoot at him when it was neutral, then that plane is now neutral against neutral and it can't shoot. So yeah, I just, I think dive away is a, as a really, really powerful defensive card. The, the frustration you just described is why I love a denial list so much. 
that's uh that's my whole aim with the denial list is to do stuff like that it just makes people crazy well it's cool. it's funny i i use dive away slightly differently even though it's called dive away so read read the text on the card again brett yeah it's a good point i said it's defensive I, but i have you can used use it, it in other ways i have used it we'll go just go ahead and read the card real quick on it so the play portion yeah on a disadvantage friendly plane during its activation, the plane may burn advantage to make a dive, even though it is disadvantaged. Right. So I have used it more than once <laughs> to take a disadvantaged plane, dive, be disadvantaged, and climb up at the end of the turn and be neutral. And now be in a more offensive, I shouldn't say truly an offensive, but I'm now close to somebody and I'm neutral. Um, so it, it it in a sense I guess is defensive because I'm preventing myself from getting shot, but I'm also now in a position where I can do something. I can I can influence uh, the 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 fight because I'm able to the next turn tail or do something um, because I was able to climb up at the end of the turn um, and move a long distance. So it's it's right. it's kind of a mind shift. Um, I know a lot of people don't do it because a lot of people like to go into the fight advantaged but there's times where you find yourself as we've all been out there doing that little stop sign maneuver as we're we're disadvantaged and we can't get away from somebody um but the the time you turn back around you know the next turn you're in there you're still disadvantaged because you've been burning advantage to get away from this guy um now now you play that card allows you to put yourself back into the fight climb up um and and be a neutral fighter now what i will also say is that doesn't work with jets because usually when you do that if you use dive away you get back inside somebody's bubble or if they have a denial list and you try to climb back up and you fail so um, you just got to be careful with it well that's a good call out with the uh you know it says dive away and a lot we're thinking about getting away but you could certainly i, I was a kind of a, as you were describing i was imagining sort of a cloudless table where somebody's you know disadvantaged and they're just outside of my threat range and i'm disadvantaged also so they're sort of ignoring me i could play this card and all of a sudden be putting shots on them right well and, right? and you and you won't be well so we'll come back to how you put shots on them because you and i talked about it uh in the in the pre-game area there, there is a combo with aces that allows you to put shots on people um but uh but but you got to be careful because in this case, you have to start disadvantaged. You end your dive disadvantage, and you use your pilot action to climb back up. So it really puts you in in phase for the next turn to do something smart um, and to to maintain your advantage and shoot at somebody. And it it also at least might give you a chance for that fleeting shot. So you, you think about it, um, how the fight works out. You might be neutral. Somebody else ends up disadvantaged, driven in front of you, and your next turn's activation. You've got a free shot. So things to think about. It's always good to be, have a higher, uh, higher value state than you started with. Yeah. Uh, I use low altitude performance a lot. I'll, I'll just kind of go through the card real quickly again, since we got away from it, but, um, it's, uh, on a disadvantaged friendly plane at the beginning of its activation, the plane becomes neutral. Um, that kind of is, has been part of some denial lists I've done before, uh, I just find that that uh, in some of the same ways, it you're not doing a dive, but you're just getting a free, you know, move into advantage right. and then right. do whatever the heck you want, right? In some ways, maybe even more, uh, more useful than dive away, in my opinion, because it doesn't require the actual dive, right? Because right. you're just you, you have to use the great dive card to retain low altitude performance, but you, you know, basically an aircraft at the beginning of its, its activation is going from disadvantage to neutral right out of the get go and nothing else. You know, then you just start your, start your, um, activation, right. do your thing. Right. So it, it gives you a lot of, um, uh, a lot of options, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's, it's not requiring an actual dive move. So right. Well, I, I use that a lot of times to, to kind of neutralize things, because if you think about it, if you're not going to use the dive and not going to burn that advantage, you've gained back. So you're going to go up to neutral immediately at the beginning, and then you can make some kind of move, and then you can climb back up at the beginning. So all of a sudden, you've gone from basically being a disadvantaged fighter all the way to being advantaged. Um, so in, in, 
in my um, in my denial list play, I try to take away all the clouds, and then I'm the only one on the board with clouds because I have a cloud in the box yeah. with this card, basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so are there any, and I know I should be looking at the list, are there any tight turn, great dive aircraft? I'm pretty sure there are. I think the Tempest is, question mark? I have to look at the master list. Um, and, and my point while you guys are, are looking at it um, is that low altitude performance with a tight turn aircraft um, is actually pretty cool because at that point you come back up to neutral, you make a um, uh, uh, some kind of maneuver. Now remember you can only play one, one dock or one trait at a time. Um, so those count towards your max traits, but it allows you to get all the way back up to a neutral state at the end of the turn, even if you shoot at somebody, even if you outmaneuver somebody. So the next turn, you're able to do a tight turn um, without having to burn advantage and, and do a lot of cool things in there. And you're saving that advantage to continue to build up over time. But Does the Spit 5 have tight turn? Yeah, so it's just, it's an interesting it's an interesting combo if you have it in any of the aircraft. I'd have to take a look again and see. I swear I've played a great dive tight turn aircraft at some point, but um, I may be hallucinating. I know I've played some great climb uh, tight turn aircraft, but off the top of my head, I don't know. Anyway, pressing on. Let's talk about offensive uh, versions of, of how to play these doctrines. Yeah, so I've got a I've got a couple that I think are a little bit more obviously offensive use for great dive. The first one is sustained dive. It says squadrons with fast diving machines took full advantage of them. Bonus, of course, is great dive. Play on a friendly plane that burns advantage to dive. Do make a maneuver test for the aircraft. If a success is rolled, the plane immediately regains the advantage level it burned to dive. And you can keep this card also with an agility test. So that's kind of handy. If you know you're going to dive, you might get to dive for free, get your advantage state back. I've used this one a few times in games with Steve, but it um, it's a little uh, situational, I guess, because, you know, you don't always win that uh, maneuver test. So, you know, when it works, it's great because you retain that, you retain the um, advantage state and still get to move a hell of a lot across the board if you're trying to get on a you know get shots on somebody that could be strong if you start advantage and you end your dive still advantage that's strong right yeah that's a good card but those kind of bum me out when it's like a not guaranteed thing you know like the dive away is like you have this card you can do this every time yeah that's kind of my feels too right i get that feeling as well uh one of the guys on the ready room did a whole write-up about sustained dive not mistaken um Forgive me, I can't recall his name, but he does a lot of uh, you know brief write-ups about uh, different doctrine cards and things. And I think he did one about sustained dive. Pretty cool stuff. All right, the next one I have is slashing attack. It says during you know, correction diving quickly into the attack could catch an unwary opponent off guard. Bonus, of course, is great dive and rapid roll. Play on a friendly plane that burns advantage to dive. Do. If a hit is scored by the plane shooting during its pilot action, it automatically counts as a critical hit. You can keep this also with a pilot test. All right. So that's really interesting because there is an aircraft that has a great dive and rapid roll exactly. as a trait. Exactly. So that's kind of cool, yeah, right? Because LF a lot does, of the so. Yeah. And I think the IAR 80 yeah, also has it. I think that was our other discussion about the when back when we thought the IR 80 was going to be the <laughs> tournament breaker. So that's kind of cool, right? Because that kind of like I'm a big fan of that single trait because basically all your cards are on all the time. That kind of gives you, even though you have a split trait aircraft, you have all of your trait cards to use as a bonus for your doctrine. So that's kind of an interesting, you know, interesting thing with that. That's a good catch. Yeah, that sounds cool. Low altitude performance is like that as well. See that IR, I think that's where maybe I was getting excited about the IR80 because I was using VF 109Gs with reasonable success with low altitude performance. And I think it's actually, IR- I'm looking at it now, it's actually the IAR81. Okay. C. All right. So that's it's a 722 two 
right? So you get that bonus one inch on the dive. So it's not like a totally useless, great dive, right? You do get that, I guess it would be 13, 14 move, right? A 14 move instead. Uh, yeah, so that could have some utility to it there. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And I, I've got some ideas for pairing this with an ace card that we'll uh, discuss you know, a little later, but uh, keep that slashing attack in mind in some ways that you could go from maybe being outside of that, maybe that um, fur ball, but suddenly becoming a threat. All right, the last doctrine card I have that pairs with Great Dive, to my knowledge, is compression issues. Now, I don't know if we can call this one, I don't know what we call this. I, I kind of call this like a denial card. I call card, it a denial so. card. Yeah, you know, we talked about it before, yeah. and I think it's a denial card. All right. It's compression issues. It says many aircraft suffer tactically exploitable problems when attempting a full speed dive. Of course, bonus is great dive. Play in reaction to an enemy plane that burns advantage to dive. Do the aircraft must pass a maneuver test to take a pilot action this turn. If poor quality, roll one less dice for the test. You could also keep this one at agility test. So you got, you know, somebody on the board. There's no range, right? There's no range requirement. So an enemy aircraft attempts to dive, and you say, no, no, no. Roll roll yep. to see if you get yep. to do something after that. I guess they still get to dive. They just don't get to do anything after the dive. So sure. it's kind of like the opposite of great climb, right? It's it's kind of like rough ride. It's like, it's, it's like a rough ride for dive that you enforce on somebody. You dove. I'm going to make you, you know, take your pilot check. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's so dumb. I agree. Right? And this is what I don't understand about <laughs> it's, it. Because it's rough ride, rough ride is on the plane that has a rough ride, right? I could just be tooling around in my Spitfire. I'm tooling around in my Spit Mark 13, and all of a sudden somebody's like, nope, you had a compression issue. What? That is like exactly. So, exactly. So to me, compression issues is a negative trait. That's something like exactly. variants of the P-38 should have because they had compression issues. Therefore, and I've always joked and I've said, um, you know, we could always pick on Andy or whoever wrote any one of the cars and say we would have done that, something different. The sadist in me um, says that compression issues ought to be the kind of thing where you make a pilot skill check if you choose to uh, dive. Otherwise, you lose two levels of advantage. <laughs> so if you do that, you end up disadvantaged. You lose another one, you crash because you're freaking. I actually like that a lot, right? But it should be like rough ride. It should it should be exactly like exactly. Rough ride. It, you know, I I think the point is they they wanted something that was was a denial kind of card, but I wouldn't call it compression issues. But whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. It's so situational, though. I mean, you know, you get so few doctrine cards, and you want to make the most of it. Not say I. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm glad it's there, but I just don't know that it's going to get a lot of play because it well, just seems well, so to me so here's situational. Here's the funny thing: didn't we see this card first in Mig Alley? Compression issues. I think that's where it first showed up. And ironically, neither one of those aircraft have great dive. So, so it was kind of strange that it was a doctor that you might take there, and you would throw it at the poor Mig player. Geez, dude, you know, he's already got enough problems with a rough ride. Um, but uh, but it, I think that's where we saw it first. I have to go back and see which uh, which aircraft box compression issues came out. But I'm pretty sure it was, was MIG Alley. All right. So there's a couple of ace traits that use the dive mechanic. And uh, I might need some help for somebody to call out the card. I've got Dive Master. Does somebody have the ace cards handy? I, See, do. I think I've Just got them here. Give me a second here and I'll spin down there. Uh, so dive master, play on an ace when burning advantage to dive. Do make a pilot test for the ace. If successful, no advantage is burned for diving. And the other one I have is high roller. Okay, high roller. Uh, play on a friendly ace during his activation when burning advantage to dive. So I guess you can't use it on Lydia Litvak because it says his. doesn't say her as his um do the ace can take his 45 degree turn at the beginning of his move it's not like they're bonus or anything but i just thought they were worth putting in there because we're talking about dive as a mechanic it's interesting to note that there's some well ace. i think high roller is an interesting one because if you think about certain aircraft and traits and combos there now you in a sense have for the ace a free rapid roll on that on that aircraft 
Um, and there's only two aircraft right now that have great dive and rapid roll paired together. So if you think about, all right, I want to take some offensive capability from rapid roll on the face with high roller, have them turn, but still be able to use the great dive trait and a doctrine card. Because remember, the rules are you can use one of each type. So I can use an ace card, I can use a trait card, and I can use a doctrine card and a theater card, really, if I have one to play there as well. But, but so for that super combo, I could turn 45 degrees left and do some kind of crazy dive. Now, I think that's huge, especially when you're trying to get away. Because one of the biggest problems we have is normally your enemy is running you down and they're driving straight forward like you are. Well, now your enemy has to burn advantage to follow you. So he may not be able to tell you because he may already be neutral. And if he burns advantage and follows you in the dive, you know, he may end up disadvantaged. So there's no tailing there. Um, or they may just not be able to to make that turn, you know, even when they burn advantage, just based on the geometry of how it's all set up. Uh, so I I think that's a that's an interesting combo, at least for an ace to be able to escape. Yeah, that yeah. high roller could set up an interesting attack too. Absolutely, really, right? Absolutely, because you, yeah, I mean that could yeah, that high roller is kind of cool because that kind of gives you that rapid roll even on a plane that like the BF one hundred and nine, yeah, right, where you wouldn't normally have that. So if you're advantaged, all of a sudden you say you're going to dive, and you could do that early forty five. That gives that really gives some of those one hundred and nine something they can do that they could never do any other way. That's kind of cool. Right. And it really depends on, you know, how you deploy and things like that. That could be a nice opening move, um, especially on a really fast, you know, 109 uh, or any other aircraft that's, you know, moving greater than six. So you're, you're bumping up to 14, six, you know, 16 uh, inches in that move and you're getting to turn, you know, 45. So now maybe you're not having to face somebody head on. You're now able to, Take that forty-five, do that great dive, and now make a a uh, attack uh, for a deflection shot. So you're not you're not having to take a a, a face shot in return. So there's there's definitely That's, utility you know, to it. For me, kind of the big takeaway from you know, looking in all this stuff is how I really need to, and I encourage everybody else who has great dive aircraft, maybe take a look at how we could be more aggressive with the dive mechanic right instead of only using it to try to get away from situations oh, you could use it to get into situations you know yeah get, get know into bad situations games. if you're not careful <laughs> yeah yeah that's true but um, i think my best games have been where i've truly been able to exploit that with the 109 and just um not get into turning fights but just fly in where i have an opportunity to make some shots fly out turn around come back into that fur ball at angles that you know kind of on my on my choosing and I've handled myself well when I've had the presence of mind to play it that way and didn't get distracted by, you know, turning with spitfires or something. <laughs> so, but, uh, so moving on, I've got, um, some combos and some, uh, things to discuss that might be relevant for like tournament play or whatever. So, you know, we already talked about like, if you got speed seven or speed, say speed eight aircraft, you're going to notice a great dive, right? You're going to notice, the difference it it gives you you know moving 16 across the board is you know not too shabby and um uh, let's see i liked uh we we talked a little bit about how we like each of the cards i mentioned how i like to use that low altitude performance in the context of a denial list uh i've you know had fun with that uh you know kind of that frustration that steve was describing you can get that with low altitude performance you can get it with dive away it's kind of fun to see happen on the table. That's your method of play. It's always fun. Now, uh, one of the things I was thinking was uh, slashing attack plus an ace with the aggressive ace card. And um, I don't have the card in front of me, but what aggressive lets you do is at the end of, you know, at, at your pilot action, you could do two things. You can outmaneuver and shoot. So imagine a situation where you've got an aircraft that has the great dive trait, You've got slashing attack, which gives you that um, uh, gives you the ability to uh, have a critical hit on any of your hits. So you you dive into somebody who's snapping across the board, you outmaneuver them and shoot them, and that shot's critical hit. And because it's great dive, you get to keep that slashing attack in your hand. I think all of those combinations sound pretty attractive to me. Yeah, I, I think as we talked about, that's one of those interesting points where you're doing 
something super aggressive with the aggressive card, but because it's an ace card, it doesn't is it affected at all by your trait and your doctrine. So your your trait is doing something very great dive ish. Slashing attack is giving you that that uh, that critical bonus if you hit, um, and those two together are putting you like even on the first turn in range of somebody. So you think about it uh, as a five especially if you're doing an ace forward kind of tactic, you're moving out there first turn. You're doing great dive. Sure, you drop to neutral. Whoopity-doo! Who cares? Um, because you're going to outmaneuver that other uh, aircraft that's out there, and hopefully it's a neutral aircraft. Outmaneuver them to disadvantage. Take that shot on them. And then um, have an opportunity to shoot somebody down who's a neutral yeah, aircraft. Yeah, take that at, plane at the off the, the board, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Right, <laughs> right in the first turn. You know, talk about uh, setting up the the boom chit uh, bow wave there. But but the problem is you are going to be now neutral out there. So it's one of the things to think about that that you pair something with with great dive and that bonus, then it's going to make you neutral um, at the at the end of that dive. Uh, I think there there there's other ways to do it. Um, but that's it's a it's a risky maneuver. But like I said, it could pay off in the first turn because you'll have a lot of dice going that way. Uh, it will it probably will be a head-on shot, um, so they might have some shots coming back to you. But worst case, that would then they're already disadvantaged. So worst case, it would make you disadvantaged. But now your ace is is meat for uh, for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, you pair that with rockets, right? Or you, I don't know. I, I think that see, I actually would pair it with sustained dive. So. So for me, because I'm risk averse on turn one, um, I would take the ace out there. I would use sustained dive. I would play um, the, your great dive, sustained dive, move, let's say, 14 inches, be in gun range, um, but go back up to advantaged, take that shot. So worst case, if I fail that head-on shot, now I go down to neutral. Eh, big deal. And if I fail the maneuver test for sustained dive i'm probably not going to play aggressive i'm probably just going to outmaneuver somebody um I, i'm i'm probably not going to try try to take a, a head-on shot but you know once again situationally dependent low number firepower low pilot skill guy i might not be worried about him getting a hit on me what do you guys think about high roller and sustained dive i think we were talking about that a little bit before uh i i think it's good i th i think the tough part is is all depends on the deployment um, kind of like we said, it, it really, that ability to turn 45 and with sustained dive, you do your great dive and come back up. That could be, that could be game changing because you could do that at the beginning of a game, totally threaten somebody that doesn't think you can attack them, um, because they're 45 degrees out, uh, based on the deployment. And, and usually I, th I think we've seen a time when you would use that is in one of those crappy freaking board setups where everyone's been throwing clouds and you're trying to optimize where your, your aircraft are butted up against a cloud or whatever. But now this gives that guy a chance to dive somewhere and, and threaten someone who thinks that there's, that they're, you know, kind of in a protected zone. Well, I like how you said, you know, from the context of, um, you know, starting, you know, starting on the board, uh, the same is true if you're if you have these aircraft that have a ton of you have a ton of dive cards in your hand you could be diving to basically restart yes the engagement yes. every time so it's not necessarily turn one but you could be creating lots of turn ones in your in your game well, right by and you can pitching out you can do that and you in. can use it to ignore clouds so you could be using sustained dive to go big deal i'm advantage i dive through a cloud i come out neutral but because i'm using sustained dive i come back up to advantaged so all of a sudden that cloud is the great neutralizer is no longer removing your ability to get back to advantaged uh, without climbing back up. So, you know, I, I think um, obviously sustained dive, the big part of that is you have to make uh, a maneuver test. So there's an opportunity to screw it up, but it's still, it's still a cool capability. Worst case, you're neutral when you, when you do something like that. All right. I've got a couple of aircraft listed here that I thought might be worth talking about some combinations, right? I'm just, I'm not going to hit all of them, but uh, this, the ones you'll see here with the asterisk next to them, look at this MIG three. It's one, one, eight with great dive. It's sluggish. It's 14 points. Could that work at all paired with right stuff and high roller? 
uh, in a slashing I, attack or sustained dive? If you're super shooty and don't want to outmaneuver, yes. The problem is you're sluggish, so you'll never do an outmaneuver action. Um, yeah, that's right. So probably but, no. But uh, some people may no not aggressive. outmaneuver a lot. They may they want to you know get in there, dive in, and then figure out how to get to a tailing solution. Um, I put a note in here with a question mark. Telegram with Stalin theater card, right? That takes away a. Uh, would that take away the sluggish? What does that do for? I always forget because I don't play the Soviets. Uh, telegram from Stalin. Uh, play this card during deployment. Soviet planes in one designated squadron disregard the poor quality trait. So it gets rid of poor quality. So you, you could get rid of poor quality. Okay. Yeah. Well, a uh, lot of aircraft potentially in a list like that. If you like, you know, I'm not a. I don't play um, Swarm, so I'm not super familiar with him, but I think he would certainly have, uh, you know, seven to 12 planes right. and uh, with your two doctrines. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you get two doctrines with that, and that suddenly gives you a lot more options. So so I'm a fan of the 109, and I, I noticed in this, you know, looking through this, there's a BF-109D in a master list, right? So one, two, six, great dive, 20 points. And uh, maybe pair that with aggressive or high roller ace and a slashing attack or sustained dive or even dive away. Seven to 12 planes, two doctrines. The 20 points, man, it's so cheap. Yeah. Compared to, you know, a 109G that's 36 points or something like that. Maybe more. No, I, I like that so. 109D. I mean, I think that, like you said, with aggressive, uh, because you're, you're only moving six, so you're going to want to use like a sustained dive, something where you're really yeah. getting a lot of value back for using great dive because you're not getting extra any extra move out of it. So when you play that card, you want to you want to get something important back. In that case, it's that level of advantage. Um, what do you think about that? Like in that game, you take all the clouds off the table and think of sustained dive as your potential cloud. Yeah. Steve's not sold on that idea. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think the sweet spot for the 109 is that, uh, is the 109E kind of. And I think if you're going to get, if you're going to start going for cheaper planes, right, then I think. Don't play You're Germans. Off just doing a, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just doing a traditional, doing a traditional swarm list and getting some of the, I don't know the other traits that might come along, you know, especially because a one hundred nine D doesn't have poor quality, right? Correct, it does not. So, like that poor quality, like if I was gonna play a swarm list, I would almost always take a plane that has poor quality because that's how you get those points like really yeah, low. Yeah, you, you get them. It, you get those points back pretty fast anyway. with poor quality. So, well, you know, and I'm looking at it, thinking, like you said. Um, if you wanted to do a swarm list, I mean, a lot of times, I mean, 20 points will get you to a swarm list kind of level. So, I mean, it's not exactly like if you're flying a, uh, P 26 P shooter, but <laughs> right. it'll, it'll, with eight aircraft, it gives you plenty of options. Here's another aircraft that popped up for me that it's, this isn't a swarm list, but just something maybe worth noting a P 40 D. 227, great dive and robust. It also has poor quality, so it's going to be on the inexpensive side. And we've talked, I don't know how many times, about how poor quality may be you know, mitigated. Uh, I kind of like that. I, I think robust is handy, right? Survivable. We talked about how we'd use great dive. 227 does not suck. At th You're not going to find 227 at 32 points in too many places. So I don't know. I'm liking that P40D. We we did an episode about the P40, and uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to that now because I like put that together <laughs> with what we're talking about here with this great dive and the P40D. I like it. Yeah, so it, that was sort of a standout for me. I think it is, and, and I'm going back to look. You know, you look at like the uh, the Yak One. You know, and the those the standard swarm aircraft like the you know the mig-3 is a 14 point aircraft so that's six points different but but most of them um are right there around 20 points so i you know P, the p39 is another one it's 23 points um so i'm the things you're used to seeing in a swarm list 20 points would be right in there and that would give you some options with an ace so what's it do you have the list in front of you what is is um the 109d single trait great dive 
109D is single trait is great dice. Damn, I you know, I don't know, man. That's yeah, that's cheap, and six, I like you one, know, two, six, speed six, agility two, points. firepower one. Um, that's and that's okay. Firepower one. There's plenty of firepower one aircraft out there. Put rockets on it. <laughs> it's a lot of points just to double to go from one to two. Um, but but still, you know, you could uh, you could do a lot. I mean, right, and let's be honest, this is how you stack stuff. So that would be where you would do, if you had the points, because you'd already burned so low, you put rockets on every airplane. So you get two dice. Um, then you do superior armament uh, as your, your card. So now you're a three dice shooter for 20 points, uh, plus a, an extra 25 points to buy rockets for all your airplanes. Not bad. Not bad. So. Swarm list, that's eight. 160, you're at, at 185 points. You're now a two-dice airplane, if not a um, if not a three-dice with superior armor. Yeah, and you make up some of that shooting ability by having a higher-skilled pilot, right? That's right. Yeah, that's what I was yeah, about exactly. to say. You could afford to have more high-skilled pilots, perhaps, yeah. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, it, it it's probably a better way to spend your money, but it's so easy to get that extra die for 25 points, you know. For at least the first shot of the turn. I think uh, was Blue Falcon might have to do some Operation Condor decals <laughs> for 109Ds. Is that where they... <laughs> okay. uh, All right, last one on my list. I, I mean, there's some others here that we could talk about, but uh, just to, for brevity's sake, check out the Falkwolf 190D. I love these stats. 229, great dive and robust. Anybody want to guess what it costs? Yeah, 570 points now. Oh man, 43 points. So opening shot. Oh man. Yeah, if you, know. you pair that with opening shot, like you say, so you're you are diving 18, shooting six, so you're at 24. Throw opening shot in there, and now you're shooting another six, so you're at 30. 30 inch threat range. That's awesome. I don't know. It might be doable. I mean, if you had a, it, it's probably would that be maybe like high spend potentially high reward like it's either going to do awesome or maybe fly i don't know yeah but also opening shot only shoots with firepower right that doesn't right. shoot with pilot skill correct yeah so you're getting two dice there but but that's yeah. the other thing that's where people stack rockets on that but you get and so you'll get kits. four dice <laughs> yeah so so for 25 points if you which i don't see where you're gonna have 25 points you're gonna be buying like four of these things five of them maybe yeah right, um, right. but but if you did have opening shot and rockets then now you're stacking with four dice for your for that first turn, you know, opening shot or first first fire opening shot, um, get you some superior uh, firepower for your theater card for the extra. Yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> there, there's there's that. ways <laughs> to say I just want to lean in on that first shot opportunity. Um, I will say this, and Rhonda, if you're listening, I apologize. Um, I have seen that first shot opportunity be held onto for so long that you fly an airplane around that's laden with these damn rockets, not truly laden, but has, has the laden disabilities uh, in some form that you lose with rockets. You lose one agility and one speed. So I got to think about this now. I got to get this right um, until you, until you ditch them. Uh, but I, I've seen where people should have ditched their rockets um, instead of continuing to try to drag them around to take, take an oncoming shot. So. And I'll get it here. I'll roll back to rockets, isn't it? As a, all right. So air-to-air rockets, uh, firepower times two until they attack their agility minus one and speed minus one. So, yeah, those are those are some some big hits uh, until you get rid of those rockets. Yeah, and Folkwolf one NAD forty three points. Ouch! Yikes. Ouch! But man, it's still I don't know. It might be <laughs> might might be fun to mess with. Who knows? But. Uh, so I don't know. After that discussion, does um, do you have any new thoughts or anything about the proposed changes to the great dive rule? You still, Steve, does does any of that information swing you one way or the other? Nope, no great dive for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. still I'm just a fan of the way it is. Um, I, I don't feel like it needs to be tweaked. I think there's there's diversity to play for slow speed great dive aircraft and there's there's combos to play there. Um then I think there's obviously some things that are pretty amazing with high speed great dive aircraft. So I 
understand why people want to make it consistent. Um, I don't think it's broken right now. So it's that's, yeah, a, that's honestly, a fix when making you think about glad. it. What you're saying there, Doug, keeping it the same, right? Like we were just talking about the F, the 190D, right? Yeah. Even if it stays consistent, even if you don't add any of the other little tricks to it, you're moving 18 inches and you're getting into yeah. firing range, right? Yeah, it, like, exactly. So even like totally vanilla 190D with no, you know, none of the doctrine or anything. Yep. yep. You're you're in close and shooting regardless, no matter where, you know, where they want to move. So it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. might be one of those things that'd be cool to change, but doesn't really need it. Well, and I would say, think about a 190D where you, where you pick up clear skies as your, um, as your theater card. So if you have the ability to choose it or it's, you choose the table edge that, that has uh, clear skies. Now you can take away those clouds so people can't hide and you are diving first turn into a shooting solution. Um, so you ditch your clouds, don't set your clouds out there and take away two of theirs. So there's only two clouds in the board. Um, odds are they might be starting in one of them. <laughs> so, Dude, and straight up, if we're going to start talking about that, you pair with that uh, theater doctrine card that lets you deploy an element in high cover. Yeah. I mean, now you're talking about you bring a guy in at high cover Basically, anywhere on the board, you're getting on somebody to shoot. Right. That yeah, turn, right? And it could fly faster in high cover than it can on the table, right? <laughs> it's about the same for these guys. But yeah, yeah, exactly. This is always so frustrating. Watching the high cover markers march around the table. That's all right. Cool. Well, you know, if the thing was, if the great dive changed to plus nine, I think it would definitely incentivize me to be more aggressive with my diving. I right. think I just need to right. do that anyway. Like I was saying, my best games, I remember my best games. That's what I was doing. I was diving and I was using that stuff to good effect. Uh, not necessarily diving to save my hide, uh, more diving to put myself in a place where I could turn back and dive back into the fight on somebody who was, you know, disadvantaged. I right. could get some shots right. on. So. My best games were that way. And that's, you know, that sounds like, what do they call it? Zoom and boom or whatever. Like that's, that was the game, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. No, I think it's, I think it's worth really putting some thought towards because we, especially those of us that have been playing American aircraft have bad mouthed great dive a lot, but it does have, have good capability. It's just not like we think of like cheater, as we call them cheater cards, you know, where I'm maneuvering the aircraft differently or I'm, I'm really changing the basic rules of the game. This is just giving me, you know, a few inch, extra inches of move. Um, but then when you pair that with the right doctrine, it makes all the difference in the world. So I, th I think it's something to consider, especially um, single trait, great dive aircraft and what they can do in an ACE list. I think that'd be pretty cool. Do a multi-ACE BF-109D list. <laughs> yeah. All right. That sounds cool. Well, what else? What else you got? That's it. I think maybe uh, next time we do one of these. What do you think, Steve? You want to do tight turn? Yeah, we could do tight turn. I mean, I know Doug likes that aggressive tactics too. Maybe I pair. Do. Maybe do a rapid roll and tight turn together in one episode. Maybe yeah. all the tight turnish traits, right? No yeah, stalling, no stalling. Roll, yeah. tight turn. Yeah, all I think together. I think those all three. Should be, we should talk about those next um, and make For an sure. episode of that. So cool. Yeah, this one came up. I mean. I, probably would have led with great climb, you know, but because it was a subject of discussion when we first talked about recording this, uh, on the ready room, we went with the, you know, great dive. Right. So anyway, all good. Cool. I, I think I look forward to having some more, gosh, I want to say dives again, some more deep some dives, more deep dives and, into the, <laughs> let's climb on board for the big win and do some more deep dives. Uh, how these, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's terrible, terrible lines. Anyway, so if you're tired of our stupid comments, uh, please like and subscribe to the podcast and then send us feedback and tell us how bad we are. No, um, I do want to say a couple things. Thanks to thanks to all of our supporters out there, uh, especially people buying stuff from Lead Pursuit. I know that may seem a little odd to you, but yes, that's what funds our ability to go to fall in, uh, to go do cool things there, to give away uh, T-shirts and mugs and glasses and things at Adepticon. So um, please subscribe to the podcast. Please buy Blood Red Sky stuff out of the store. There's a lot of new models. I got to make the promo, Steve. We've got both your JU88 um, 
in there we've got the it's ju88a4 um so it's pretty darn cool been printing that off uh, at high resolution uh, and getting those out there we've got the spitfire mark 9c uh, that's another good one um, and likewise we've got some cool stuff new things are coming out from rockworks so they've got a lancaster model uh, and some other things that they've been putting out out there so please go take a look at those um, take a look at what roman has been doing with plain printer he's dropped a few new things and there will be some new cool high speed models from blue falcon coming out here soon so hopefully shortly after this drops fall in you'll see some cool stuff there um and then we'll uh we'll keep releasing a couple models uh over the course of the year now what i do have to say is instead of keep climbing for advantage let's keep diving and losing advantage wait no that's a terrible line at the end of the show all right thanks for listening everybody we will see you in the next episode where hopefully we're talking about fall in 